Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. And we thank Edward Jones for sponsoring the podcast. Hopefully we get some more businesses and entities to come in and sponsor our podcast. We hope that's the case. If uh, if you have interest in doing so, please reach out to me and we'll get you hooked up and get you on these podcasts. My name is Rob Howe. You may recognize the voice. Uh, It's the Mailbag Podcast, the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. It's changed its location, but still the same idea and the same uh, format that we uh, used at our previous location. Um, And that was one of the first questions, and I've gotten questions on this, um, you know, throughout the month. Um, I'm just going to update you guys real quick on what I'm doing now. Um, I am still uh, a member of Hawkeye Nation, uh, employed by Hawkeye Nation. I was informed by ownership there um, on September 30th that uh, they were doing away with the publisher's position at Hawkeye Nation. And I w- they would be paying me as they pay other contributors there by the story. Um, and I will be contributing 30 stories a month for Hawkeye Nation. Uh, that's content items. And those content items will include mostly uh, written content, uh, recruiting, team coverage. Uh, I will have some video features and highlights from press conferences and post games. Uh, photos. We'll still be posting photo galleries there, but we'll also be posting photo galleries here at Hawk Fanatic. So basically, I'm not the publisher of Hawkeye Nation anymore, and I'm spreading out um, in, in hopes of making a living, living, so to speak. But the podcast will now be on the Hawk Fanatic website and Hawkeye and Hawk Fanatic um, Podcast feeds, wherever you get your podcast, just subscribe there and you'll get the mailbag. I'll, I'll be doing um, uh, the Hawkeye History podcast, the Prospect podcast. All the stuff that uh, I've done in the past will now just move to a different feed, uh, thinking about some other options and some other podcast ideas on that feed as well. So hopefully you join us here. Um, and I'll start here with uh jc at j cook dc on twitter asks how is it that hn found you too outspoken only to put dace on the air so hawk our hawkeye nation is still doing a podcast um with other contributors to that website and that is uh i'm not sure steve dace contributed to a couple of the podcasts already i'm not sure if he's going to be a regular uh, contributor there. 
Um, but I really don't have much of a comment in that regard. I was told by Hawkeye Nation that they could no longer afford a publisher, a publisher's position, and that that's why they were moving me to uh, being the main contributor at the site. And uh, I respect the decision. We're during a, it's during a pandemic. Uh, a lot of businesses are going through furloughs and people losing their jobs. So I appreciate still having a job. Uh, with Hawkeye Nation and Hawk Fanatic and your prep sports, doing a little bit more with high school sports in the area, which I enjoy. Kind of enjoy the diversity and the and varying uh, ways of of getting my hands into the journalism field. I like that uh, having an uh, array of responsibilities kind of keeps me um, from getting um, bored for lack of a better term because as much as i love to cover the hawkeyes it's nice to get out and see some high school events uh and i enjoy shooting photos too so i was doing photos for yourprepsports.com as well if you're in the area or from the area uh they do a great job of covering the iowa city schools uh west branch solon and clear creek amana maybe that uh coverage area may expand as well so stay tuned there um, if the decision, if anything else went into the, this, this, into, excuse me, the decision by Hawkeye Nation to not have me as publisher, which means doing podcasts, posting stories, headlines, uh, just more of a, I, I do it all. I did it all when I was the publisher. I, I pretty much handled posting everything, podcasts, all of that stuff. Uh, my responsibilities now are basically just contributing content and other people are taking that up. Um, and they can choose to have whoever they like on their podcast feed now. Uh, they've chosen not to have me on it, but I am uh, very, very thankful that Hawk Fanatic picked up my podcasts uh, and are paying me for it and uh, appreciate that very much. So I appreciate that that question, Jay Cook, DC, and hopefully uh, at the front of this podcast, we can kind of move on now. Everybody knows what's going on here. I know there have been rumors that I was fired by Hawkeye Nation. I would call it more of a demotion, and at least according to the ownership, it was based on finances. You all can make your own decisions up and, or have your own narratives as to why uh, it happened, but it happened, and I am happy to be doing what I'm doing. And what I'm doing now is the Hawkeye Fanatic Mailbag Podcast with Rob Howe. And we will move on now with some of your questions, uh, which I uh, greatly appreciate. So I'm going to flip through my Twitter feed here. Andrew Sawvell at Andrew Sawvell is first up this week. I appreciate the questions as always, Andrew. Uh, and he, Andrew asks, is this the season is this season a year Hawkeye football lets the peacock fly? Shorter season may call for big wins in order to make a national splash. Big wins also help the brain forget bad memories, the summer events. Uh, maybe also try what they can to maintain a Brian Ferentz succession plan. So a lot to unpack there with Andrew. Uh, obviously, the, the peacock fly uh, is in reference to um, uh, the Luca Garza, Frank Garza, uh, uh, I don't know how you would even frame that. Just kind of their saying of doing well is letting the peacock fly, letting it go, let it, you know, doing everything, letting it all hang out. And, uh, 
you know, in, in a crazy year, 2020 has been with the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, we've seen sports uh, return to this summer. And there have been plenty of hiccups along the way, whether it be Major League Baseball. I thought the WNBA, the NBA, and the NHL did well. But all of those sports took place in a bubble where you can uh, better regulate uh, COVID-19 protocols. We're seeing the NFL hit quite a bit here. Uh, college football is obviously dealing with it. Uh, baseball dealt with it, you know, much more earlier. Now that it's in the playoffs, it's uh, gone to a bubble. So we'll kind of see how this plays out. Who knows? I mean, Iowa could play all nine regular season games, could play four, could play seven. We just don't know. And that's the same thing with other programs around the Big Ten. Unlike you know, the SEC, the ACC, Big 12, which has had games postponed so far, they have some flexibility in terms of being able to get those games in, uh, where, where, you know, and where there were bye weeks. The Big Ten's not going to have that luxury. They're playing, you know, eight straight weeks and then the ninth week uh, with um, matching up teams uh, from, you know, corresponding place finishers from the East and West divisions. But uh, getting to your question, Andrew, I would say, yeah, I would say, yes. Uh, Is this a year that Iowa can win the West division for sure? Uh, You know, Jack Cohn from Wisconsin, the starting quarterback broke his foot. Obviously Wisconsin is the favorite uh, until somebody knocks them off. Uh, But you also have Rashad Bateman coming back for Minnesota and Rondell Moore coming back for Purdue. I've said this on radio. I've said this on podcasts. Um, This is a a wide open West division in my mind. And that means, you know, I I think most of these, obviously some, some teams I think look better on paper than others. Um, But you just never know. You never know um, how teams are going to be, you know, impacted if they're impacted by uh, the, the virus. Uh, So, yeah. I think you just, you know, you, 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 you stay positive, you, you work out as best you can with everybody you have available to you, and then you hope for the best. And I think, you know, Iowa losing Ohio State off the schedule certainly helps it. Uh, I wouldn't say its schedule is as easy as maybe Northwestern or Wisconsin, but it's not as hard as Nebraska. So all of those things kind of um, factor into where, uh, this team may go, but who knows? I mean, I, I would not put it past Iowa as being a team that could, uh, you know, run the table and win this division and maybe make some noise on a national level. Why not? Uh, you know, a lot will depend, obviously, on first-year quarterback Spencer Petras, first-year starting quarterback Spencer Petras and how he performs. But um, we've got a lot of preview material uh, out there that to, to view, and I, I think uh, – you know, expect the unexpected in Big Ten football this year and enjoy it. Uh, I think we're fortunate, obviously, after the, the conference reversed course, we're fortunate to have Big Ten football. So just enjoy whatever you get, and hopefully the Hawkeyes find success uh, on this landscape. Uh, as far as br- the Brian Ferentz succession plan, I really don't know where that stands after this summer. Um, 
you know, that's, I, I think that has been the goal. I, I still think if you're looking within the program and the athletic department, that would still be, uh, you know, the powers that be, I think it's their goal. Uh, but we'll have to see how things go. And, and, and you're right, Andrew, a successful this se- season, this, this fall 2020 uh, would, would help that, that plan out if it, you know, if it is still uh, feasible. Who knows? Maybe Brian Ferris doesn't want to do that, you know, after what happened this summer. So much to be determined there. But I think, you know, what we've learned from 2020 uh, is to focus on today and maybe tomorrow and not look too far ahead down the road. But, uh, yeah, I think it's the importance of Iowa having a successful football season on the field um, was ratcheted up. Uh, Maybe I'm wording that wrong. Uh, the, the, there's an increased importance on Iowa succeeding on the football season this fall based on the negative publicity it experienced this summer with the racial bias investigation um, and uh, all the negative publicity that went with that. So Iowa's still having to recover from that. And if you have a disastrous fall football season on top of that, that just makes it a bigger hole to dig out of. So appreciate those questions again, Andrew. I hopefully I answered them with uh, some degree of intelligence. Um, this this uh, user has a Drake Bulldog as an avatar, and it's at C. Severson, I believe, 01 on Twitter asks, I know it was just announced yesterday, But with winter sports getting a free year of eligibility, who do we anticipate staying the extra year? What will scholarship situation look like with the incoming freshmen? Could we pull Pat and Connor's scholarships to make room? So we're focused on on, on basketball here based on uh, the direction of this question. Uh, um, Chad Leistico from the Des Moines Register got a hold of Spencer Lee. Uh, Iowa's All-American National Championship wrestler. Uh, and this, to me, is the, if you're an athlete, if you're an Iowa sports fan, that's the best thing that came out of uh, this decision by the NCAA for the extra year of eligibility. It gives Spencer Lee, who is halfway to being a four-time national champion, now has that opportunity. He can wrestle this winter and then the winner of 21-22 and hopefully become, you know, move into that rarefied air of being a four-time national champion. But I'll focus back on basketball. It's a good question. I, I, I would be hard-pressed to see. Uh, Iowa really only has two seniors on this year's basketball team that to consider in terms of scholarship players. I, I, I would be surprised if Luca came back next year. Uh, he's four year, he'll be four years in, and uh, Luca Garza, that is. And my guess is he's ready. For, he, was, he looked into playing professional basketball this year. So I think after this season, barring a season-ending injury or something that could impact it that way, and let's hope that doesn't happen, I think this will be his final season at Iowa. Jordan Bohannon, I have not had a chance to talk to about this yet. Uh, this is his fifth season at Iowa. Would he come back for a sixth season? Potentially. Um, My guess is he's probably going to look to play professionally. Um, So maybe he's ready to move on there. Uh, So with the, I, 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 my guess is 
that I, I don't think you would need to pull Pat and Connor's scholarships because I think they're going to expand the scholarship limit for next season. Uh, if, you know, if, if Jordan Bohannon were to decide to come back. So I don't think that impacts Peyton Sanford uh, or anybody else Iowa brings in in the 2021 class and beyond. So don't think there's a, a great deal of impact there uh, moving forward, but it's a, a puzzle that I think most programs are working on putting together. Um, and and I, I would assume maybe that's wrong of me when I'm, when I'm talking about the NCAA, but I would hope that uh, the NCAA does what's best for the student athletes. And then the athletic departments is particularly in revenue sports like men's basketball does what's right for the athletes. And if they have to expand the scholarship, you know, limits for a season or two, they should go ahead and do that, but stay tuned on that one. And I appreciate the question at, C. Severson, C, the letter C, and then Severson, zero, one. Um, next up is Will Ryan, and that's at Rev Will Ryan uh, on Twitter. What is a realistic yard per carry for success in an all-Big Ten schedule? That's a really good question, Will, and I, I'm not sure that the goal of four yards per carry uh, would change that much if you were to ask Iowa coaches that's still kind of the magic – and not kind of. It is the magic number for them that they think they can get to and want to get to. And I would say that's a, that, that's a, a realistic number. But Iowa was under it last year and still ended up with 10, you know, 10 wins, a 10-3 and three season, uh, which I would consider a success. So there's a, there, are, there are ways to, to you know, especially with analytics and metrics, to get to – you know, that level of success that you want to get to with maybe not those, you know, the historically, uh, the historically bench, the historic benchmarks of older statistics that you try to get to, which is yards per carry, but anything over 4.0, I think is, you'd be, you'd be real happy with that. And I, I sense, especially when we saw it towards the end of last season, I sense we're going to see receivers more used in the running game. I, I sense what we're seeing more around college football and the NFL where, you know, the screen passes to the running backs, shorter passes to the tight ends. You know, maybe those replace some of your early down running plays when, you, when teams are loading the box against Iowa. I think there's, there are ways to have a successful offense without having that standard – you know, those standard running back numbers. I think there are various ways uh, to – I hate this term, so I'm not going to use skin the cat. Uh, why would anybody skin a cat um, uh, unless they were demented? But um, I really think we're going to see um, – and it's a good question, Will. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to downplay your question. I think that it's, it's realistic, and I, and I think it's something – that uh, the coaches are focused on. And I think it's something that's worthy of paying attention to as a fan, that, that success on the, on the ground, because you look at when Iowa hasn't been successful in the last several years, and you can pretty much look at the rushing numbers. Iowa needs to find ways to loosen things up for its running game. And whether that be some varying of the zone blocking schemes to maybe some more hat on hat, uh, to what I was talking about, to getting the running back or the wide receivers involved in jet sweeps, uh, getting the ball to the playmakers in space, however they can do that to loosen, loosen things up for the running game. 
is I is is uh, I I think the objective that I would that I would look to to accomplish. So, um, in answer to your question, though, Will, I would say 4.0. Uh, if I'm just looking for generalized generalized benchmarks for success, but I think there are varying ways to to um, have a successful offense where you're, you're not getting that 4.0 yards per carry, but 4.0 and above certainly makes it a heck of a lot easier. So I appreciate that question, Will, and we will move on. And, uh, E at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014, uh, a regular, uh, uh, contributor to this podcast as answer or asking questions. And I appreciate it very much. If basketball starts the season late, when would it start? I really think they're going to, they're going to keep that end of November date. I, I, I just, I, maybe t- some teams could start later, but I think unless there's just mass cases around the country uh, going up, which you know, we all hope doesn't happen, and, and spread is just, you know, like wildfire. I think we're going to, going to see at least some basketball start on November 25th or 24th, I believe it is. I get those dates confused. But I really do think we'll see some semblance of a season starting then. And let's hopefully – let's hope it's all the teams or as many teams as possible. Uh, and then E had a second question also. What are the chances of Iowa men's basketball – getting to the final four and winning the NCAA championship. Um, I'd say good, good to very good. (laughs) If you look at the roster and look at what's coming back and, and try to at least assume, which again is dangerous as normal of a season as can happen during a pandemic and you're not losing players to the virus, injuries, things like that, other things that are unforeseen. If we just assume that it's this roster, this talent moving forward with this schedule, uh, I think Iowa's poised for a very, very good 27-game regular season, setting it up for a very good seed in the NCAA tournament. Um, And then once you get into the NCAA tournament, Luck is certainly a factor uh, in terms of, you know, the, the, the draw you get, the matchup you get. If there are upsets in other parts of your region and bracket. So it's, it's, there is some unpredictability there. But if you're just looking at a team on paper, Iowa's as good as any team in the country, in my mind. Um, and there are some unknowns with with really highly regarded freshmen coming into different pro- programs around the country. Looking forward to the game against uh, Gonzaga uh, in Sioux City in December. I think that will be a good early litmus test to to see where Iowa is at as a program against one of the nation's uh, top programs right now in Gonzaga. So looking forward to that. And then obviously I will be well-tested in the big 10 and we'll get a good idea there. But uh, I think chemistry's fine. I think the talent level's fine. I think there's versatility and there's depth. Um, it's all going to come down to defense. And I know this sounds like a broken record that, and, and people get tired of hearing it, but Iowa needs to defend better if it wants to reach its ultimate goal this season. And I think it understands that. And I think the players understand that. I think they've been working very hard at that aspect of the game. And I would expect uh, 
a decent amount of improvement in that area. And if you can have a, a competent defense, at least with the offense that Iowa offers, I think you're, you're going to have a very, very successful, successful season. And if they can, you know, you can't change guys being, you know, going from, you know, going to a level of being just locked down defenders from where they are, but you can be competent and better playing team defenses, being connected on that end of the floor. And with Iowa's experience of play of these guys playing together, that's where I think we're going to see the most growth growth. Um, and I appreciate those questions. NBA fan as always, please check in again when we run this back, hopefully next week. Oh, uh, let's see. Flipping through here. Some more questions. We had some conversation on quarterbacks on my feed this morning and, um, so some of you folks still don't use the HN mail hashtag. And uh, so it makes a little bit longer, <laughs> makes a little bit harder for me to go through these questions. Uh, but I understand that. And I uh, do appreciate those who do use it and sit down at love the Hawks on Twitter did use the hashtag. I appreciate that sit down. Also a, um, a regular contributor to this podcast asked, is the Big Ten basketball going to have the same rapid testing as football? I believe it will. And I believe they've started that. Now that practice has started uh, yesterday, Wednesday, October the 14th, Iowa got Iowa and teams around the country were able to get into their full uh, practice mode. I believe they have 30 practices before the season kicks off, tips off uh, in late November. So They've gone full steam ahead on that, and if you um, uh, look at some of the footage from practice yesterday, <laughs> I saw Aaron White comment on this two times down the court, and he would be needing a break. I was practicing with masks, uh, doing everything it can to avoid, um, and, and it's dealt with COVID uh, this summer and, and beyond. So um, I was doing everything it can to, to – to keep the virus away and keep its chances of playing games this, this season, you know, making, giving it, itself the best chance to play this season. And that, that's wise. I think as they start ramping up uh, and maybe condensing them, you know, once, um, and, and this is important too, once the season gets closer and once we hit Thanksgiving week, Iowa goes all online for, for learning the university of Iowa until through January. So I think that'll give the, the basketball and football teams more of a sense of security. Not that they can't, not that they don't still need to be cautious, but they won't be um, interacting with the general student body on a daily basis as they are now once Thanksgiving rolls along. So maybe they'll, they'll be more able in the, in their bubble to maybe not, have and with the rapid testing not wear the masks as often in practice uh, and maybe get in a little bit more conditioning in that regard so yes sit down they are um, they are going to go with the rapid testing for I believe men's and women's basketball and for wrestling as well when it returns and then I'm not sure where we'll be at when the fall sports return in the spring, um, but the other fall sports beyond football, that is. But we'll have to kind of see where the pandemic and virus is at that point and see if they – because it's not cheap to do this rapid testing. Uh, but 
the, uh, the, the Iowa athletes that are competing now do have access to the daily testing. Pat Hardy, at Pat Hardy, the owner and publisher of Hawk Fanatic, asks a question. And true to Pat's form, he did not use the HN mail hashtag. Pat doesn't understand hashtags. I'm still working with him on trying to, uh, <laughs> to understand uh, the value of the hashtag on Twitter in organizing uh, discussions. But be that as it may, Pat asks a very good question. Who will be Iowa's second leading scorer in men's basketball this season? And we, and, and I, I think most of us would be in agreement that Luca Garza will be the leading scorer, although I don't know as he'll need to or will average as many points as he did last year. I think he can be a better basketball player by not averaging as many points because I think there are more options on this team. And Luca in speaking on Wednesday, has really worked on his passing ability because he knows he's going to see double and triple teams this year and has a lot of shooters to kick the ball to. Um, so to Luca's credit, I think he's going to be an even more improved player than he was last year and be a better player overall, regardless of statistics. But it's an interesting question, and people have been answering Pat's question on Twitter uh, with varying answers, I have not seen my selection yet. Um, it looks like Bohannon and C.J. Frederick are the uh, the popular choices on Twitter in answering Pat's question. I'm going with Joe Wieskamp. And he had struggles last year with his shot. Uh, he was getting manhandled by opposing defenses, Big Ten's physical a lot of that clutching and grabbing is not called. I think Joe has dedicated himself this offseason to getting stronger and learning tactics to counter the, the clutching and the grabbing in being able to swat people. And C.J. Frederick's good at this, getting people off of you and freeing yourself up to be able to shoot. I think Joe is more explosive now. I think he'll get to the basket a little bit more. I think they can use him in post-up situations. He's improved that part of his game. And he's just super talented. And, I, you know, I, I don't – I'm not overreacting to some of the hiccups he had last season. Uh, he was dealing with injuries as well. I think he's ready to prove a lot of people wrong, and I, and I expect him to do that. I expect him to see a lot of minutes, so the volume of minutes will help him in that regard. Um, I certainly think C.J. Frederick could be that guy. Not, not, um, and and Pat's question is difficult, and that's why he asked asked it, and and that's why it's intriguing to think about because I think there are multiple. And as this is not breaking news, there are multiple guys that you can put here or choose in this spot. And people would say, not say you're nuts, or they may say you're nuts for another reason, but not for picking Jordan Bohannon or Joe Wieskamp or C.J. Frederick. I think those are your three main choices, and I think all are logical. For me, it's Wieskamp with the versatility of his game uh, and just I think the motivation he's going to have. He's a junior now. He wants to play professionally. He wants to play in the NBA. He knows – it's go time for him. And uh, I think with the experience he's had, I think he's learned a lot these last two seasons on how to maximize his talent. 
and I, I, I think there's going to be a, I think it's going to be a really, really big year for Joe Wieskamp. I think Bohannon and Frederick and Connor McCaffrey and Joe Toussaint and um, Patrick McCaffrey and on down the list, uh, you know, the incoming freshmen, I, I think, you know, a lot of guys may be surprised just based on the amount of attention that Luca gets. Uh, but I think Joe Wieskamp's going to be, I think Joe Wieskamp's going to be a, a, a really, really uh, noticeable Robin to, to Luca Garza's Batman. And I think you're going to get a lot of other super friends involved in this, this whole thing with Aquaman. And uh, was Aquaman part of the super friends? Uh, I know. Batman and Robin and Superman were maybe, maybe Garza's Superman and maybe Buis Camp's Batman uh, and maybe Frederick's Robin, but uh, I won't go any further, uh, any farther down, <laughs> farther down that road. Uh, let's see here. Any other questions that might do it for this week. And it does. That's all the questions we had for this week. Uh, again, hopefully, uh, my explanations at the front end of this podcast um, about uh, where I am and where I'm doing podcasts and what's going on at Hawkeye Nation. It's basically me doing a lot of part-time work, hopefully, hopefully making a full-time salary. And I appreciate Hawkeye Nation. I appreciate Pat Hardy at Hawk Fanatic and Ryan Merkin at Your Prep Sports. And, and I, I do some work for Mile Split Iowa uh, in the track and field and cross country areas. So spread pretty thin, but um, definitely appreciate all of the journalism news outlets that are employing me now. Glad I'm still involved with Hawkeye Nation. I, I do love and like and am friends with the ownership there and, and the folks that work there and certainly uh, recommend consuming that content over there with Rick Brown and, and John Bonenkamp and Anna Kaiser and um, Andrew Downs and Lucy Rodine and just, you know, it, it, it's just, the, there's good people there. There's good content there. There's really good content at Hawk Fanatic with Pat, Tyler Devine uh, and their podcast and this podcast and, and check out your prep sports for local high school sports. Um, a lot different than the days of newspapers where you, you got a newspaper or two delivered to your front door and everything was there. You got to have to look around, but there's plenty of good content out there. And I appreciate everyone who's listening to this, who consumes mine. I'm going to stay in this as long as I can, uh, piecing things together now. And I, I'm very confident that uh, I'll be able to continue to bring you guys these podcasts. And I put, uh, especially appreciate uh, the support and participation for those asking questions on these. And we're going to do these weekly. We're going to do these weekly on Thursdays uh, moving forward. So hopefully you, you uh, enjoy what we're doing here. Continue to listen, ask questions, and uh, we'll be back soon to talk to you again.